Hey, so today's daf is daf membeis in the Hilgim Sechah Saita, and we pick up from the Omar Rebbe Lazar. Kol Eida Shiesh Bachanufa. So this is six lines from the top of Membeis Amar Aleph. The Omar Rebbe Lazar. Now let's remind ourselves from here to the end of the parak. So yesterday we entered the sugya of Hanifa of flattery, which really the issue of flattery is that we end up living a life of fakeness. Both, I'm not acting in a real way, I'm not treating people in a real way, everybody's walking around each other pretending that we're in a situation that's not really in existence. Okay? That's the issue of Hanufa. We end up living in a life that's, that's just fake. So let's keep talking about this concept. Vi Omar Rebbe Lazar. Call Eidah Hanufa. Anytime you have a congregation, a group of people that they are, there's Hanufa within the group. Until now we've been talking about an individual, right? People flatter each other. Now we're dealing with a group. Everything's explain, fake over here. Are you going to explain what it means Lis- for a group to be, to, to be involved in Hanufa? Yeah, let's get it. Eventually, this group is going to go into Golas. Ksivach says over here, Ki Adas the congregation of Hanifa, a congregation of people who flatter each other, our Gilmaid are going to be separated. That's how we ended up with Gambuda. There's a separation. Uksiv Hasam, and it says, uh, it says uh, elsewhere, you will say in your hearts, me, Yalidli Asela, who has given birth to me to these? Va'anis, Hula, Gamuda, I am lost and separated, Gaila in exile, Visura, and I am wandering around. So you see over here that, that uh, Gamuda is an expression of being lost, of you know, not having a mahalach of not having uh, an approach. Who am I? Who who are we as a, who are we as a group? Amar of Amar of Yirmiyah Barav Yirmiyah says Arba Kitais in Mekam Pleishchina. There's four Kitais, four groups that will not merit to see the divine presence, to experience the divine presence. Sometimes it'll say four people, four types of people. Here it says four groups. Because these midas that we're about to explain, you need groups in order for this to continue, in order for this to perpetuate, this issue to perpetuate. Now, what's the issue? Our Zakta Gemara, Katleitzim, if you have a group of people who are cynical, okay? Leitzim means cynical. They're scorners. The Kat Hanifim, and we're talking about a group of flatterers. Now, again, what is a group of flatterers? So let's pause over here. And, uh, and as, we, uh, as we discussed yesterday, if you have somebody who is doing something wrong, but you feel that you can gain something from him, therefore you flatter him and make him feel like a good guy. Or you have a congregation that does this. You have somebody who's doing something wrong, but you want to extrapolate something from that person. You have a need, so what are you going to do? So you honor that person. Even though that person is a Russia. The person's wicked. Why? Because I expect you... I'm going to give this to you because I really have selfish intent. That's why we flatter people. This is why the Gemara yesterday said, this is the Gemara yesterday said that if you have a group that's, in, that, that's out to flatter others, eventually you're going to end up working for that person, right? You're going to become, and if it's not to him, it's to his later generations. Because really what happens is when you want to reach out and take advantage of somebody else, your own personal use, what's going to end up happening is that person will be elevated because of the flattery, this fluffiness, this falsehood. 
And by them being elevated, they're just going to go ahead and continue to take advantage and continue in their ways of rishos, and we'll end up working for them. The people who originally were righteous, the whole thing, the whole situation is going to become topsy-turvy. So you're, so you're saying that this group is actually flattering someone outside the group. There's Correct. There's going on with it. Either way. Either way. Either somebody outside the group or within the group. Either way. You're well, flattering. It could be a, a, a chavra. Yeah. It could be a chavra of people that they're just, they're, they're going around and they're, no, they, they could be dealing with each other in that way. Flattery is not a one-way street. You're flattering because you want to get a big donation from the guy. Right. You want to have him respond in a certain way. So... Mamela, you'll flatter. Now, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with being nice to somebody. And uh, But here we're dealing with Hanifa where you're, you're flattering a person who is doing something wrong, but you refuse to tell the person doing something wrong because... You still plan to make use of that person. That's for your, awesome. For your, for your own personal Not benefit. For their benefit. Correct. Could you be machan of somebody to get them to go to That's, yeshiva? Perhaps that wouldn't be called Hanifa. Hanifa it's it doesn't fall under Hanifa. No. Hanifa is that you're you're flattering them for my personal gain, either because I'm scared of you or because I expect a big donation or because you have power and uh, and through your power, you're going to impact, uh, influence my business or whatever. You, you can't be, so what do you do? You keep your mouth shut and you just let things run. But to, to act, actively be mechanev is really causing sheker to be elevated in the world. And that's a problem. So it says, this is what Abirmi is saying. Can I ask them? Those who live lives of falsehood. And kat mesapre lashon hara. Okay, people who go around speaking negatively and destructive words about others. You hear these? These groups of people will not be makabel. They're not going to be zayichel when Mashiach comes to be makabel the shechina. You're a group of people that are involved in these types of things. You have no place. You don't belong. You're you're going to you're going to be uncomfortable. Pasha. Kat leitzim dechzei mashach yadoi slaitzim. He removes his hand from those who are leitzonim. What does leitzonis mean? Leitzonis is people who make light of a serious matter. Okay, that's a let's. Makes light of a serious matter. Flatterers will not come in front of Hashem. The yogur over here means to live by. So Ra, bad, referring to Lashonara, cannot live with the Rebbeinu Shloylem. Sadik ato Hashem, you Hashem are righteous, la yogur bimagurcha ra, and therefore um, ra will not be able to live in your presence. Again, referring to people who are insincere. It's referring to those who are insincere, and uh, they're not living a, a, a life where there's, uh, you know, expected mistakes and expected, uh, you know, when I'm in the, one of the classrooms that, uh, that I taught in. The English teacher, you know, the teachers put stuff on the walls. So on the wall, she wrote, mistakes are expected, inspected, mistakes are uh, expected, inspected, corrected. There's one more, but I forgot what it was. But she was basically letting the students know it's expected, you make mistakes. So then we inspect the mistakes and we correct the mistakes. 
And so, that's fine. Beseder. You can live a life without case. You're sincere. You're trying to be an Eved Hashem. It's not, about, it's, it's not about always doing the right thing. But if a person lives a life, again, in all these four groups, where there's just negativity, and it's, there, there's flattery, and it's, and it's falsehood, and everybody's just trying to uh, take advantage of a group, uh, you know, uh, of others to their own personal selfishness. There's no, there's no room. Because Baruch who says, there's no room for me. You, know, I, I'm, you ever walk into the room and, and the topic of the conversation, you're just uncomfortable. It's not comfortable. Like it's, it's not for me. So, you know, it, it's it's yeah. It just doesn't talk to us. Okay, what a beautiful message. Hadron alach elu ne'emarin. Hadron alach elu ne'emarin. Hadron alach elu ne'emarin. Mouth up. Everybody finished the seventh parak of the Halig Mesechasaita, and now we are going to begin the eighth parak. A really a fascinating Mishnah. Here we go. Complete change of topic. Complete change of conversation. Here we go. Meshuach Melchama. Now, there, this is really, even though a change of conversation from what we've been doing with Hanifa, we're still, con- we're still continuing on the topic of things that have to be done in specific languages. Okay? So, Meshuach Muhammad, you had the Kayan who was anointed to oversee the battles. When he's talking to the people, he would speak only the Hebrew language. Now, not the Hebrew language that we talk about, that we speak in the state of Israel. The Hebrew language called Lashon Kaidish. Yeah, Lashon Kaidish, the holy tongue. And as I tell my kids, imagine if we spoke Lashon Kaidish at home. Imagine. Why? You can't say a bad word. Yeah, there's no bad words. There's no bad. Look in the Torah, there's no bad words. What are you going to say? How, how bad could you say already? You know, there's no four letter words. What are you going to say? What? Right, you're going to say, right, it's not pure. You're not pure. <laughs> what are you going to say? You know, the worst thing you could say is, uh, what? Tayeva, yeah, it's an abomination. Like, all right, yeah. Halavai, we spoke Lashon Kodesh. You already gonna see it? You know. All right. So again, so he was speaking Lashon Kodesh. Never had says Vahaya, and it will be big. Kar bechemelam macham abnigash kaya. When you go close to the battle, the kain is going to come close. That kain meshuch macham is referring to the kain who was anointed over the war. Vidiber alam, he speaks to the people, which means Lashon Kodesh. Vidiber means he's got to do it. Now a lot of our parak, by the way, is going to be dealing with the uh, the battlegrounds and things that took place. And the Kayim Meshuach Mochama would say, Shema Yisrael, not the Pasuk that we know of, Hashem Lekino Hashem Achor, but he would say the following, Listen Yisrael, Al, you should come, and we're going to do battle against our enemies. We don't do battle against our brothers. Okay. Why? Letting us know, sometimes you fight with the Yid, he's not a real enemy. Okay? You fight with your brother, Avada, it's a mitzvah. Somebody else messes with your brother, ooh, don't you lay a finger on him. <laughs> it's like as if, like, that's my job to beat my baby brother up. That's <laughs> like, you, but, no, no, we stick up for our family, right? We don't go to battle. We, we, we don't go to battle uh, against others. All right, afterwards, I'll tell you what my bubby would teach us about this. Uh, um, La Yehuda, not against your brother. La Yehuda, Val Shimon, Val Shimon, Al Binyamin, Shem Tifel, Biyadam, Yerachemu, Alechem. You should know, even when you didn't fight, ultimately we have mercy. Kemoshinamar, as it says, Vayikumu and Noshim Asher Nikvu B'Shemayis, and the men of the Klai Shol got up. They were called by names, Vayachaziko B'Shivya, and they took the other Yidden uh, captives. This is when they had this unfortunate civil war. And anybody who was arum, who was unclothed, they gave them clothing. 
from the spoils by Abishem and they clothed them. This was this is how they treated their captives. By Anilum, by Achilum, by Yashkum, by Yasukum, they made sure they were taken care of. By Yinalum, by Chamayrim, the Chalkaishel, and they anybody who had a hard time walking, they had the uh, the donkey carry uh, the donkeys carrying him. By Avil Yerechai, and they came to Yerechai im ir tomorrow which was the, the city of dates, Eitzel Achichem to their brothers, by Yeshuvu Shoimrem, and they went back to Shoimrem, Alevechem Atem Hochem, but this is when Yidin, he says, you should know, Yidin are very um, compassionate, sometimes to a fault, but when we go out to enemies, you should know, Shem Tiflu Biyadam, Emerachem Malayim. You gotta, when we go out to battle, there's no Rachmanis out on the battlefield, which he's letting us know that you gotta be brave hearted, in order to fight on behalf of Klal Yisrael. There's enough hatred against us as it is. Imagine us going into war against the country. It's going to be double hatred. Al yerach levavchem. Do not soften your heart. Al tiru, do not be afraid. Al tachpezu. And also, do not be... Tachpezu is... Uh, it's, it, the, the translate of tachpezu is not frustration, but it's a mindset... Of uh, you, you, you lose logic, confusion, maybe something of that. Huh? He says panic. Panic. Okay. Al yerach What does it mean? Let your heart not melt, not soften. with all the noise coming from the horses. V'stichtuach and the and tichtuach is the the it's the the shininess. It's like you, you're kind of afraid. You see all these swords coming at you. It's like wow. Like you get overwhelmed by it. Altiru, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid from Agofas Trisin. Now we're familiar with uh, Trisin from being the uh, famous Israeli shades that you put a tris, right? That you put down and it feels like nighttime when, uh, when you sleep during the day. It's fascinating. It hasn't made its way over to this part of the world yet, no? For people to take a nap and it urges all. Well. They have these Trisin on their windows. So that if Chas Vashom was ever battled, nobody could see it. There's no light there going out. But you could take a nap in the afternoon and uh, get in tug. Yeah, a long nap. There's no light going over here. So over here it's referring to protection, referring to the shields, and also the soldiers. Al-Tachbezu, do not panic. Mikoil Kronais from the sounds of the Kronais, the horns. Al-Tartzu, and don't break. Don't be broken. Don't be broken. From all of the shouting that goes on in battle. Now, let's remind ourselves, they didn't have guns, they didn't have tanks, they didn't have anything else. It was mamish, you know, it was, it was, it was hand-to-hand. So there was a lot of noise and a lot of death and lots of screaming and lots of shouting and lots of instructions. They didn't have megaphones and uh, they used horns and there was incredible amount of behola, of confusion. When you think about it, it's just... It's wild. Yeah. Very... Scary. It's kind of like the floor of the sun. Yeah. It's very, very scary. Very scary. But there's a, there's a joke they tell when, when um, by the War of Independence for Eretz Yisrael. So they didn't have enough, they didn't have enough uh, ammunition for everybody. So there's a guy who signs up for the IDF and they tell him, you know, you're welcome to join, we just don't have any guns. So he says, okay. So he says, what am I supposed to do? They said, you, you stand at the entrance of the base with a broomstick. That's you know, well. one. the base. And if you ever hear any noise in the bushes nearby, you say, you say, 
halter, I'll shoot. You bang your, your pole, you say, halter, I'll shoot. This guy says, Besaida, they give him a broomstick, and he, you know, he's, anytime he hears a noise, he says, halter, I'll shoot. One time there's a lot of noise. And he bangs, he says, halter, I'll shoot. The noise keeps getting closer and closer. And he says, halter, I'll shoot. And finally, out of the bushes comes another Israeli soldier. And he says to him, he says, what are you, sugar? He says, I could have killed you if I would have had a gun. He says, no, 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 I'm the tank. I'm, <laughs> I'm the tank, you know, okay. But they really did that. Yeah. They really lined up sticks over the hills. So whatever it looks like. They, they, yeah. they thought guns. there was rifles. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it was man-to-man combat. It's Mamish, yeah. Mamish would have, huh? There's been some articles of Ukrainians in the Russia. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this was real hand-to-hand, and it was a lot of bahala, a lot of... A lot of fright that took place out there on the battlefield. Your God goes with you, therefore you does not to be afraid of. Our enemies are coming with the power of Basavadam. Yeah, we're coming with the fighting and the Netzach, the victory of the Rebbe Shalom, which means the strength. Plishtim Bo, Ben Plishtim came with their famous Goyas. What ended up happening in the end? He went down, and they went down. He went down, and they went down. Again, you know, a, a very strong warrior. They're all dependent on him. Well, he's Dunskis. But you, Klal Yisrael, it's impossible for this to happen. This is not the way we function. Referring to the camp of the Ar. And therefore, guess what? In order for us to go down, Hashem has to go down, and that's not happening. That's right. Says the Gemara, Micah Amar. All right, let's go back to the beginning. We said in the beginning of the mission that Meshuach Mochama, when he spoke to people, had to do it, when he spoke to the people, spoke Belashen HaKadosh. He spoke in the holy tongue. What was the Pasuk that we brought? So if you look back at the third line, Says the Gemara, let's, let's get in over here. My Ka'amar. What is the, when you go out to war, the Kayin will approach you. What does that have to do with him speaking Belashen HaKadosh? He shall speak by Harsinai. Moshe spoke, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu would respond with the call. You're right. This pasuk specifically doesn't mention the holy tongue. Doesn't mention Lashon Kodesh. But since it uses the, the expression of Dibur, and that the Meshuach Muhammad spoke in Dibur. And the Torah was given with Dibur, since we know that our Sinai was done by Lashon Kaidesh. Whenever it says Dibur, it means Lashon Kaidesh. Tanur Rabban, the rabbis learned, and so should we. The Kayin approaches, speaks to the people, Yachol, I might think, Kol Kayin any Kayin should come and speak to the people. Does the Kayin come? So, any Kayin, no? Your last name's Kohn, your last name's Katz, your last name's Rappaport, your last name is uh, uh, Azulai. Yeah? So, you, you got a chazaka being a kayin, you can come talk. Says the Gemara, nope, Talmud Laimar, vidibru ha shaitrim. It needs to be the shaitrim, it has to be the officers who speak. Ma shaitrim bimuna. Just like shaitrim need to be appointed or anointed, av kayin bimamuna. So too it has to be an anointed kayin. Says the Gemara, okay, vim a kayin gado. Maybe it has to be kayin gado. He is anointed. Why does it, it have to be the kayin mashuach mochama? Says the Gemara, 
Kain Gadol, Dumya de Shaiter. Uh, I'm sorry, it says Gemara. No, Vema Kain Gadol. And it's Gemara, Dumya de Shaiter. It's not the Kain Gadol, because that's Dumya de Shaiter. Ma Shaiter. Just like a Shaiter, Sheesh Memun al Gabov, has somebody who's anointed over him. Av Kain, Sheesh Memun al Gabov. So Kain Gadol is not the one who is speaking. Kain Gadol, Nami, Haika, Melech al Gabov. The Maisa king has more power than the Kain Gadol. So Gemara says, very nice, he has more power, but we're dealing with somebody who's over him, Ba'avaydasai. Ba'avaydasai means in his line of work. In the Kayan's line of work, the Kayan Gadol is the highest position. And it has to be somebody who's, who's talking in Lashon Kaidash, somebody who is not only anointed himself, but has somebody anointed over him. So it's going to be the Kayan Meshuach Bechamah, not referring to the Kayan Gadol. Sigan. Maybe it's referring to the assistant Kayan Gadol. It says, Sigan lav Sigan is not considered Memunah. this is such a Yisait, I love it. Let's pause for a minute. What's an assistant? Memunah means anointed. Uh, uh, Mamuna means appointed. What was the assistant Kain Gadol? What did he do? Certainly. Nothing. He did nothing. He waited he, for there to be a problem. He waited until the he sat in the bullpen. Point that's not true. He handed the Torah. Oh, oh, but that's it. He didn't do any avodah in the base of Mikdash. You're right. He didn't do any avodah in the base of Mikdash. He was a backup. It's like the vice president. He was an assistant. <laughs> Kind of okay. Usually, an assistant. See, I'm we use assistant kain gadol just to mean one step down. The assistant kain gadol, you know, the way the art school translates it, is a deputy. What do you mean? Assistant really means to assist somebody. But the sigan over here was like a backup. He didn't work. That's the gemara here saying this beautiful. Just because you're ready to do something big, doesn't mean you're doing something big. Means you have big plans. You went to, you, you didn't. <laughs> right. You went to, he couldn't. He shouldn't. He didn't. Right. Right. Okay. You did. Right. That's what the Gemara is saying. Sigan lav memuni. Listen to this. The Tanya went to the Brisa. Oh, Chanina Sigan Kayanim. Chanina Sigan Kayanim says, "Lama Sigan memuni." What do we appoint us Sigan for? Sheim era by pso b'kain gadol dechad b'shamish tachta. But until that happens, what do you do? You sit and learn Torah, whatever it is. But you're not. You're not considered to be. Uh, in an expected position until you've actually accomplished something. What what uh, Rabbi Ravinsky is mentioning with you couldn't, you shouldn't is from Rabbi Pesach Kron. He tells over that when he was younger, 21 years old or so, so he was he he, he had lost his father. He was he was a yasim, and to help support his mother, he wrote a book on Mila. He wrote the art scroll book on Bris Mila that they have out. And after he published the books, there was an older uh, male who called him up and he said, Pesach, you ruined me. He said, what I do wrong? So he says, well, I've, I was going to write a book on bris to support myself, and now you did it, so nobody needs it anymore. And because of you, since you published the book, you know, it's, uh, you, your mom has ruined my opportunity. So he said he felt, Pesach said he felt terrible. So he went and t- spoke to his mother about it. His mother said, Pesach, he couldn't write a book, he didn't write a book, he wouldn't have wrote a book, he was going to write a book. A lot of people are going to write a book. Right? That's the aside. It's people. You start something like I was just about to start. I had it was my idea. Yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> what'd you do? Right. It's, uh, that's why you know people misunderstand what I mean by this, and I, it gets me into trouble a little bit. But I kind of, and again, I have a hard time articulating this. I kind of hate the word potential when talking about somebody. You tell about mitzvah kid he has potential. I, I just cr- I cringe before I don't know it's for sure it's like some trauma I've been through it's for sure like 
But it's, I like, I like noticing what people have already done. And then you can also do more. It's like, this Bar Mitzvah Bakr has such potential. Yeah, of course. I mean, but Vince Lombardi says potential means you ain't done nothing yet. Right? So this boy, what, what, why does he have potential? Because he's already a mensch. He's already dedicating himself to Torah. Your machshev, what he's already done, I don't mean to have some minimize a potential. It's just like, it's this concept of when you only focus on potential, you're not focusing on anything that's mamashus. You're not focusing on anything that's, that's literally there. So you could use potential, I'm not saying not to use the word, but it has to be clear that it's along with activity, right? Because you've done this, that shows there's, uh, there's greater uh, opportunity. But okay, Sagan is not considered mamuna. And he says to them, Shema Yisrael, why does he use this expression of come in here, Klai Yisrael? Amar of Yechon, Mishim, Mishim, and Yechai. Amar of Yechon, Mishim, Mishim, and Yechai. Amar of Yechon, Mishim, Mishim, and Yechai. Amar of Yechon, Mishim, Mishim, You should know, even if Yidin are merely, merely, not even, nothing's mere. If we're connecting to Rabbi Shalom in the morning and in the evening, then the enemy does not have, um, it's not, we're not going to be given over into the enemy hands. Do not let your hearts melt. Do not be afraid. The rabbis learned, that's why the rabbis, we spoke with the people who went out, the soldiers, twice. One time at the Sfar, at the boundaries, the borders of Eretz Yisrael. And then when they were about to go into battle, also. What did the Kayan that was anointed over the appointed over the Muhammad, what did he say at the Sfar? Shimudavarai, listen to my words. about the things that go on in battle. The Khizru and the Khizru and they'll go back. Meaning Anybody who I told earlier that if you have a house or a family or a new vineyard who doesn't belong here, you guys should leave. The Muhammad, but once they were on the battlefield, he would say, Don't be afraid. Don't chicken out. Don't let, uh, don't let your heart melt. Okay? says, because the way that the nations would go into battle is one of the primary things to, for victory was more than physical strength, taking advantage of the enemy's weakness, which is intimidation, making noise, banging your shields, confusion. Yeah, Lahavdil, Lahavdil, soccer games, football games, right? When the, uh, when the opposing team has the ball, right? You shout so they can't... They, they can't uh, uh, call out their plays. They can't uh, connect to each other. They, you know, they can't communicate. So this is how they would do it. They would they would shout and they would make noise, eh? and therefore the Kayin Hamashuach, the the uh, appointed Kayin Gadol, would warn us about about the uh, the nation's offense. Plishtim ba'u The plishtim came and they relied on the strength of Goliath. And once Goliath fell. Um, then uh, the plishtim fell. Uh, plishtim fell with him. Okay, there's a joke. They say it was. Uh, they they found an old corpse, an old skeleton, 
and they were the scientists were looking at it, and they one of them came back that he died from a heart attack. She asked him how he knew. He said next to the skeleton was a little note that said a million dollars on Goliath. David Amalek got him. All right, finished. That's how he died. All right. Yeah, it was a shock. It was a shock. Goliath. Goliath was Mamish. He was like their god, Un- unstoppable. Yeah, he was who you put your money on. He, everybody bet on 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 Goliath. Here we go. Goliath. Some Rabbi Yechinon. Some Rabbi Gili. Ponim veGadish Baruch He was Megala Ponim. He was what we call Chutzpadik. He had Chutzpah. Front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Shnamar Berulachemish Beirer to separate to choose. For yourself a man of already love, and let him come down to me. Goliath was saying, bring God. Bring it. I'm going to try to have your God mess with me. Shemar says, Hashem ish mochama. Amar Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem said, He wants to challenge me. I will have David HaMelech, right? A young a young fellow come and fight with him. Shemar says, David ben ish Ephrasi hazeh. David was the son of this man from Ephraim. So not only, says, not only am I going to take him down, I'll take him down by somebody who is uh, much smaller than him. In three places, this man, Goliath, got caught up um, in his words. Let them choose a man. And Goliath... Uh, basically, you know, you ask for something, you ask for trouble, you get trouble. And he also said, if he's able to do battle with me, vihikani, and and uh, whack me, right, and sweat and um, and hit me, and ultimately he was hit by a slingshot. Why are you coming with a stick? You think I'm a dog? Okay. So ultimately what he's saying is You think you take a stick and hit me And I'm just going to fall down right? Like what, what do you do Bang my toenail <laughs> Like sugar, right David Nami Amarle And David said to Goliath And you come to you with your sword With a spear And with your uh, other types of uh, weapons Hadar Amarle And then he said Asher Cheirafta, who you are putting down. Basically, David Melech is saying, I'm here with my stick. I can barely touch your toenail. You're coming with all your fancy schmancy weapons. And listen, Zizkite, what can I tell you? Ultimately, it's not about my stick. It's not about your fancy schmancy weapons. It's only HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's going to take you down. Let's get into what happened. The Plishti would come, Hashkev, whenever they would lay down. And whenever they would... Uh, and when they would uh, get up. Okay. Omar Rebich, what does that mean? Wanted them to uh, make it that the Yidin were not able to uh, focus Shachris Va'arvis on their on their davening. He wanted to take away the schus of Kriyashma. And this went on for 40 days. For the 40 days that the Torah was given. Okay. So, so what is he saying? He's saying that the David went out to combat with. Uh, this is prior to. This is before God. before the showdown. Goliath was going ahead for forty days, 
and trying to intimidate the Yidin by in the morning and evening so that they wouldn't daven, they'd be busy, uh, busy shaking Rattling. in their boots. Rattling. Mm-hmm. Rattling. Yeah, to rattle them. Is that what you're saying? To rattle them? I mean, yeah. yeah. And to take away their schusim of Kriyashma. We know. That's before David went out. Yeah. Yeah. Once David went out, Goyas was a dead duck. No, but right? I, I didn't quite catch Yeah, that. so we're going I, back. I thought David went out and then. Right, so it's out of order they over here. Sort of... It's out of order over here. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going back to the beginning of the, more towards the beginning of the parak. And the, the standoff happened later on. Um, and the man from Benayim went, from the Plishtim, from the name of, from the Machna, the campman of Plishtim, my Benayim, why are we calling him Benayim? Now, by the way, we're referring to Goliath. Amarav, Rav says, He had, he had no mum. His, phys- his physical makeup was large and perfection. There wasn't like he had any dings and dents and issues. Like he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, no, no, no lack in his body physically. Shmuel Amar, that actually, ready for this, that he wasn't, uh, he, he was Benuni, yeah, he wasn't the biggest. He wasn't the biggest, yeah, exactly. He wasn't the biggest. Okay? What, what's bothering you, Nu? What's bothering you is, he was a big dude. Oh, very good. So he's saying in the family. In the, amongst his brothers, like you think, you see me? <laughs> Check out my brother. Okay, he was average for his family. We're going to get into this. To be a Rashi Lamar, in the name of the Yeshiva of Rashi they said, Shahu Asoy Kibinyan. He was called Benini because he was built like a building. Okay? Rabbi Yechonon Amar, now it could be all these, by the way. Bar Ma'a Pape Vechada Nani. That he had um, a hundred, um, a hundred, what it literally means is, a hundred fathers that weren't married to his mother. Plus his father. Okay, what this means is that he came from a mother that was very loose. He came from a woman who was very loose and would have relations with uh, many, many men in uh, in one night. Okay, and this guy who was this Benini, the Goliashmai, his name was Goliath. Now, what does it mean? His name was Goliath. It was Migas. He was from a place of Gas. Tony Reb Yosef. That a gas is a where they would press grapes for wine, and his mother would sleep around with people, and and uh, she would get pressed like a, a grape press. Uh, men would she, she would make herself available to to many many men. How did you get from Huh? Get rid of the huh? Yeah, Migas. Yeah. Well, though the pasuk says this, by the way, the pasuk says Goliath Shmai Migas. Oh, oh, this is the His name was Goliath from Gas. Okay, that was it. Yeah. So if Yosef says, what does it mean? He was from Gas. His mother. He, he was. His mother was pressing. That's so that he came from there. Ksiv Ma'arais. It says that he came Ma'arais v'Karinon Ma'arachis. Okay. Now Ma'ara is a cave. Ma'arachais is um, things that are in perfect order, like ma'aracha. Things are in things are in rows and in, in good placement. Tanya Rebbeisiv Shakol Heru 
Haru uh, Bi'imai, again, Haru, uh, another expression of having relations with his mother. So the Pasuk's giving us a lot of hints about uh, Goliath's Yichus, uh, uh, yeah, his origins. Ksiv Harafa, Uksiv Arpa. His mother was Arfa, Harafa, and it also says that her name was Arpa. Sounds familiar? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Oh, one second. <laughs> okay. All right. Says the Gemara. That she would have unnatural relations from the back. That uh, people would uh, thresh with her like uh, like there were uh, kernels of wheat going on. Okay. Just from leaving Russ. Yeah, well, there's a lot to talk about, yeah. I mean, no. Uh, yeah, and both, right. Mm-hmm. And similarly it says, uh, and the woman took, uh, she spread out the curtains, the opening of the well, and she spread out the wheat, if you crush a ovil is somebody who's a fool. Bemachtesh uh, in a krosher, besay charifais in the rifais baali with uh, with a baali another element of of crusher. So okay, you 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 just see over here that harafa also is referring to something that is crushed and and uh, broken down. Ve'esar ba sa'ila yuldu la harafa begas ve'yiplu biadavid ubiad avodav, and there were harafa had four. Uh, sons who were all very very strong, and Davra Melech and his avadim ended up killing out all of them. Okay, this is part of the story that's less famous, right? We know David took out Goliath, so we didn't know that he took Goliath was the middle ones from the brothers. Ultimately, he took down the Gansa Mishpacha. Maninu, who are the four sons? Amr of Chista, Saf, Umadain, Goliath, the Yishbi Benayv. Those were the names. They fell by David to David and his servants. Tachsev, as it says, Vatishak Arpa lechamaisa. Arpa kissed her mother-in-law. Virus, but Rus davkala. Arpa kissed goodbye, but Rus said, "I'm not going nowhere." It's from from uh, Naomi. Amar Rizik Rizik says, "Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu." Kadosh Baruch Hu says, "Yavoi b'nei Anishika v'yiplu biyad b'nei Advuka." Remember, David is a descendant of Rus. And ultimately, it was David that killed the descendants of uh, that killed the descendants of Arpa. Okay, again, you just see incredible symmetry and in how <laughs> you, you know it's, it's mind blown. Darash Rav Rav Gibe Arba Demois in the merit of the four tears. I read the Arpa Chamaisa that Arpa cried. When she left Naomi, she had the merit to have these four strong warriors come out of her. They, they uh, raised their voices and they cried again. What does it mean again? When was the first crying? It's referring to the first crying from when Naomi left. It says that the uh, spear of, of uh, Goliath uh, the, the shaft of his spear, it's read as eights, as wood. 
You should know what we're talking about over here about Goliath's uh, uh, physical stature and everything he brought to the table is not even close to what he represented. But we don't want to talk about him too much because you're not supposed to say positive things about Rishon. So we're going to mention what needs to be mentioned and then we're going to stop. Don't say anything good about him. And it's the note, like, do you shivchei the David? No, it's Kedai to say something good about Goyah, so we know ultimately how incredible it was that David Melech turned him down. So, whatever's important and necessary to, so that you see the greatness of David, we're going to mention. Otherwise, we're going to, uh, we're going to completely leave it out. Okay, two dots. Beautiful. And we said the Amainim came with the strength of Shaivach, Ksiv Shaivach, Uksiv Shaivach. So, we don't know, was his name Shaivach or was his name Shaivach? So, uh, Feyer Vase. Rav U Shmuel, Rav and Shmuel say, by the way, Fey and Vase both come to the same place in the mouth. They're phonetically connected. Okay? They both are pronounced through the lips. So, Chad Amar Shaifach Shmai, his real name was Shaifach, that's what he's given at birth. But we call him Shaifach, why? Sha'asui Kishaifach. Because he was very, very tall. He's very, very tall. A Shaifach is like a very high birdhouse. That's, that's, you know, so he was he was extremely tall. So we call him. That's how he got that nickname. That anybody who saw him um, would uh, mamas just start backing away and head for the hills. Right? Ashpasa is a kever pasuach in open grave. They're all strong. Rabu Shmuel. Rav and Shmuel have a machlaikas. Viamri, Larvami, Revasi. What's the machlaikas? Chalamar Bashosh, Zork, and Chaitz, Oisen, Ashpatois, Ashpatois, Shochalalim. When these strong men would throw, um, would throw their arrows, the bodies would just start to pile up. That's how good they were. Yeah, like machine guns. Vishematoimar Shamunim Bekrov. Maybe you could say that maybe they, they weren't that strong. Maybe they were just shrewd. Is that the word shrewd? Like uh, just smart. Maybe they were they were just smart and they were good at killing, even though they weren't that uh, that great. But sh- oh yeah, like they, they say, what happened? Okay, yeah. Who says they were so strong? Maybe they were just uh, shrewd, right? They, they say there was a guy who came to a, there was a, a lumber yard that put up signs that they're hiring, and these guys who chop lumber, the big gazunta fellas. So uh, short little yankel. Yeah, he's five foot one, little guy. He sits, he applies for the job. He walks in, the guy looks at him, expecting six, seven footers. He sees the guy's little Jew with a skull cap on. He's five foot one. He's like, what are you doing here? He says, I apply for a lumberjack job. I want, I want to chop lumber. He says, you want to chop lumber? He says, you don't know how to chop lumber. He says, trust me, I can chop lumber. He says, really? Where, where do you have experience? He says, in the Sahara Forest. <laughs> He says, you mean the Sahara Desert? He says, that's what they call it now. <laughs> All right. So maybe they were small, but good, right? How do you know the Taka big? Yeah, maybe they're small, but good. So, uh, When they would go to the bathroom, they would make uh, piles and piles of uh, excrement because they were huge and they ate a lot. Maybe they went to the bathroom a lot just because they had problems with their stomachs. 
How do you know it's because they were so big that they ate piles and piles of food? Tamud Laimar, Kulangi Burn. Therefore, it says, Kulam Gi No, it came from their strength. Amar of Marish Mamina. Hi, man, denofel zivle. If you have somebody who goes to the, who has a, a lot of uh, excrement, In general, it's a sign of an issue. Yeah, it's chelamayim. Uh, there's there's uh, um, issues with the bowels. The Why do you got to know this? Says the Gemara. Litrach binavshei. You know why? Because you have to know when to consult medical advice. Right? Is it something that's healthy and that means my body's functioning properly, or at a certain point? This it means it says that's how we're managing this. So people know that they that uh, it's, it's not a healthy thing to have uh, too much if your body's producing too much excrement. Okay, da'aga belev ish yashchena. If there's daiga worry in the heart of a person yashchena, we should be menasheyachet, get rid of it, crush it. Ravami ravasi or pour it away. Ravami ravasi chad omar yashchena midaitoi. What it means you should move it from your mind. Chad omar yashchena laacherim. That you should tell it over to others, have a conversation with others. When you consult with others, your problems, very often just being able to talk it through with somebody else helps the problems leave. We'll hold it here for today. Bezem, tomorrow, same time, 6.50 is going to be daf. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.